0: Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today, me and Kane are going to talk about a very popular subject. That subject is making money from your podcast. Everyone we speak to wants to know how to monetize their podcast. Now, there are lots of ways to do that, but today we're going to break down what we think are the five best ways. It it varies on the podcast, but the five best ways generically for most podcasts um, and a bit about each way. So these are the top five ways to monetize your podcast.
1: Yeah. So we've quoted on the podcast many times, you know... There's 17 that we, have, we talk to people about. 17 Ways to Monetize a Podcast. I would say to 99% of those conversations are generally the same five. Others are, can be reserved to much later on down the line, such as licensing out your show, selling your show, um, doing live tours, merch, like that sort of stuff is going to take a bit longer um, and won't apply to everyone. But these five are the ones I want to cover and they're not in any particular order. So sponsorship, Affiliates, selling your own products, YouTube revenue, and membership site. All massively important. Which one of those is your favourite, first of all? This, because this
0: is the only one we've ever considered using, I would definitely say selling your own service or product.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'd also argue
0: the point that is, for most people that can, that's by far the best way.
1: Oh yeah, because I suppose the way to think of it, and by the way, if you don't have your own product or service yet, you can always start your podcast and then launch one, right? So once you've got an audience and you understand oh, what episodes do they react to, maybe you're engaging with them, get them on social media, you know, so you've got some sort of back and forth, then you can find out what they want. But those of you that already have a product or service, specifically high ticket, this is why it's the best, right? Because... I said earlier, no particular order. This one's the best one. <laughs> yeah. It's in no
0: particular order generally because if you haven't got one going into it, you're probably
1: going to make more money through another way before That's right. that really takes off. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that is correct. So you have to look at it in units. If we're talking to independent creators, right? So we're not huge brands. We're not celebrities. Most of us are only going to get a moderately sized audience, especially if you're in a niche. So if you're helping, I don't know, dentists, scale up to have multiple sites right? that's going to be very very specific and i use that as an example because we look after a podcast that does that right but you only need a few hundred listeners for you to make a stupid amount of money if you're say a consultant helping other people do that because you only need a few clients to make a stupid amount of money because that's just going to be very high ticket Services very similar to ourselves. I was gonna say, we don't have many
0: listeners, but we've generated a lot of revenue through it because of the value of each listener.
1: Yeah, 100%. So, I don't like you know when people sort of put themselves down a little bit and say, I've got a really small show. It's like, well, no, why don't you look at it as like market cap? Like, how many people in your industry are there? First of all, because you know, if you're Joe Rogan or you're you know, a Stephen Butler, right, you're interviewing celebrities, you're trying to get in front of mass market. Really, when you say who's your listener, it's near, enough. They, they're probably going to say anybody. Well, that's 8 billion people, in which case, if you've only got 10 million monthly listeners, sorry, you're doing shit. That's a terrible conversion right, right? <laughs> but if you're in a very specific niche and you might, there might only be a few thousand employees or people that do what you do, well, if you only have a few hundred or a few thousand, you're doing incredibly well. Um, so it's all relative and I think that's one of the best ways and you don't necessarily have to like sponsor your show. I've seen some people go oh this show's brought to you by and they say their own their own company. You don't need to do that. We reference what we do in our company in conversation and by interviewing clients things like that it's uh, I, mean, I I wouldn't say we're subtle by any means, <laughs> yeah. but it's not like a whole ad slot and you really don't need to. And it is, it is a subtle sale, really, because you're not selling anything
0: at any point, but you talk to someone who you've helped generate hundreds of thousands of dollars, you're selling yourself. And there's, we've had conversations with business coaches, and particularly one we launched recently, where he's got episodes with mentees, so he mentors people, and they become episodes. And I think that is by far the best episode, because you're actually showing these people that interest in you, what you do, and how the effect it has. So that's essentially selling his mentoring services, but he's not putting it in your, putting it in your face. He's just speaking to other people that he's worked with who have gone from here to there. Um, I mean, Greg Wallace, he he mentored Greg Wallace for uh, years on end. And then he's done an interview with him. Everyone knows Greg. And throughout this interview, he was referring to how he'd be mentored by, it was Mike, Mike Green, how he'd been mentored by Mike over however many years, which puts him in a great place because he's interviewing someone super famous who's saying how valuable Mike is. And it's not Mike sticking his mentoring in your face, but it's subtly like letting people know about it where people don't like to be sold to so if they can consume your stuff and then be made aware of what you do that that works the best way really than you shoving it in the face like you do with an
1: ad yeah definitely so that's 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 the first one selling your own products and services by the way i know i mentioned at the beginning there's 17 ways that's not really that's a very long episode so and they don't apply to everyone so anybody that does want a list of all 17 with a bit of blurb about all of them and how you implement them It'll be the top link in the description or also on the front page of the Progressive Media website. So you can download our report on the 17 Ways to Monetize podcast there. So number two, YouTube revenue, I think is really important, right? We talk about repurposing all the time. The reason why this applies to most people is just put your podcast on YouTube. Yes, there's the requirement of thumbnails, tags, descriptions and stuff like that, but that is a good way to monetize and sort of squeeze out every last drop of what you can out of each episode. So for many of our clients, that audio version might generate money through sponsorship and things like that. But you can get sponsorship on all versions of your podcast. So when I'm negotiating sponsorship deals for our clients, I will normally build a package where that includes podcast and YouTube and maybe some social media clips. But then you're getting paid twice because YouTube are putting ads on top and then you get paid the reason you, know, you might not make big money unless you get a couple of clips go viral. So, for example, when Rob Moore from Disruptors interviewed Andrew Tate, that thankfully was just before Andrew got arrested. So, we did that interview, that generated tens of thousands in revenue. We then, as we, we do with everyone, take out seven, 10 minute clips out of those as excerpts, so sort of individual conversations within the wider conversation. Those all go viral. They're much more shareable. They all generate 5, 10, 15,000 pounds each. Then, you know, a month or so passes where we've kind of what we, we thought, we juiced it. We probably did 10 clips or an episode's total on YouTube, which generated thousands. Then a month later, he goes in prison. So what do we do? We just start taking out more excerpts and just pumping it out there because you can sort of ride that wave. And obviously YouTube's pushing that content out before it didn't like Andrew Tate anyway. So. If you just did the audio version, that was potentially cutting out many, many tens of thousands of pounds of what is essentially very, very passive revenue. Right, Sponsorship, I'm going to talk about in a minute. Sponsorship takes a bit of work to go and get and find and negotiate. But YouTube, once you've got the YouTube up and running and you're part of the monetization program, so you need a thousand subscribers, 4,000 watch hours. Once you've done that, it's completely passive because once you've uploaded it, you're just getting paid and paid and paid. And we've had a few episodes that have gone, you know, like that episode with John Peterson and also the episode with um, David Goggins and David Icke on the Disruptor show. You know, they get downloads ongoing, which means income ongoing. So it really is an asset that is nice and passive. So big fan of YouTube revenue. Um, affiliates. This is, anyone can do affiliates, right? So there's, there's no out of pocket for affiliates. So any company will do it. We'll do it. We have an affiliate program, right? So it's 10%. So if you guys have listened to any of our information, it's helped improve your podcast, feel free to send people our way. Um, so any of our production services, our training, you will get 10%. So. Absolutely. Either
0: a large part of it is either someone looking to start but not knowing where to go, or someone that's maybe started but needs help around things like marketing, and production. Anyone who needs help with their podcast or needs help actually getting it off the ground, they're the people that we often work with. And if you know anyone in that situation, send them
1: away and earn yourself a bit of money. Yeah, absolutely. So, and most companies are the same. So any person or product or business in your space that's valuable to your audience, you can get um, an affiliate. So they'll pay you for everyone you refer or everybody that you refer and then they buy. What I do recommend with affiliates... Is try and do something. Try and refer a product that is on subscription or a recurring service. Because so Athletic Greens is a great example. They sponsor a lot of podcasts. They're on a subscription, so people are constantly reordering. So when if I refer you to Athletic Greens, Athletic Greens will pay me every single month you stay with them as a client and you renew and you know you get your deliveries. So I think that's a really good program because I can refer, you know, 10, 20 people. So it's nothing groundbreaking. But if you're all on spending quite a lot of money and it's every single month, that's a good chunk, you know, a few hundred quid every single month for me doing literally nothing, no delivery. That's not bad, right? That can cover some of your production costs or your travel costs if you're doing in-person interviews, have a couple of different um, good affiliate deals going that can be some pretty good passive money. Do you know what I see affiliates as? Not everyone's willing to sponsor. So it's
0: more or less a downsell from sponsorship, but it's a downsell that could potentially make you more. If you genuinely think your audience is super valuable to someone you've approached sponsorship, then downselling to affiliates might make you more money. So you can say, look, if someone's not prepared to sponsor you or any other offers you have, say, cool, but I think my audience is super valued to uh, valuable to yourself. Could I have an affiliate link? And then that could make loads. And if they start seeing that makes loads, they might all of a sudden offer you a lot of money for sponsorship. That's at it. which point you say, F off. I'll keep <laughs> I'll yeah, yeah. You
1: affiliate money. That's it. So yeah, I like that a lot. Or, you know, some combo does. So one of the, I can't speak too much about it at the moment because it's not been done, but a contract I'm trying to negotiate for one of our clients at the moment for a sponsorship deal includes an affiliate after a certain amount. So it's a, it's a, it'll be a guaranteed upfront, and when they hit a certain amount of um, revenue or units sold, they then get a percentage of all future sales after that as well. So it's kind of protect you from that, that you can then, as the creator, win on both ends, which I like a lot. Which then brings us on to sponsorship, which we've mentioned. So it takes a bit more time up front and definitely go listen to our sponsorship episode. We'll link it down below. That's important on how you add more value, negotiate better sponsorship deals so you earn more, especially as a beginner and early on. But sponsorship's one of those things that near enough any podcaster can do. Don't let it detract from your product or service, right? Obviously, we wouldn't get another podcast agency to sponsor this, but could we get, yeah, one of of the equipments we're using, yeah, hundred percent. So find someone who is supplementary to you or complimentary and earn that money. Because realistically, there, so you'll always make more money
0: selling your own thing. Because someone for, for a sponsor to pay a pound to you, they need to be making at least one pound twenty from your show for, to, for them to do it. Whereas if it's your own thing, there's you miss out that step. But what you will find a sponsorship is, is the more specific your audience is to their ideal client, the more they'll pay. And if you don't know how to negotiate a sponsor, it can end up making you pennies and make like 20 quid for a thousand views um, or a thousand listens. But if you negotiate in the right way and find the right company, and be like a six-month deal at a fixed price or maybe as well as that, you might add dynamic ads on all your previous episodes. If you can negotiate one properly and someone who really values your audience, that's where you can make money
1: through sponsorship. But generic sponsorship is very difficult. Well, let's make. talk about that back catalogue thing. So everything we've spoken about so far, right? Yes, there's a bit of setup at that point. It's generally quite passive. So I use the analogy quite a lot with dynamic ads and we've done a whole podcast about you know dynamic ads versus baked in if you're unfamiliar with the technology. But it's kind of like if I have a house I'm renting out to people, if the 12 months is up and those people move out the house, it's not like I'm not going to fill that vacancy, right? You're not just going to have that house costing you money. You're going to put a new family in there or whatever and you're going to continue to rent it out forever. That's like your back catalog of content. We can negotiate a sponsorship deal by the way, if you're doing an hour-long podcast, you could probably have two or three different sponsors on that if you're not selling exclusivity. One at you know the beginning, one about 10 minutes in, one about 25 minutes in, right? You generally want to front load them. But that's three different people you can have negotiations with where you're selling your entire back catalogue of content plus all of your future episodes. Let's say you're on a 12-week deal, so for the next 12 weeks, that's... That's content you've already created. You're not remarketing it. You're not re-editing it or anything like that. It's already done. So other than the time it takes to find the sponsor and negotiate, and if it's a good relationship, you just re-up, keep renewing, extending, that becomes very, very passive because you're just milking and squeezing out every last drop of that old content. Really, really powerful. Like We know 50% of all podcast downloads are on back catalogue. So four weeks or older. So having them stagnant there, despite half of your views on average coming from that old c- catalogue is such a wasted opportunity. Same thing with YouTube. That will continue to get views. The back catalogue on a podcast is more valuable than any other form. Like you
0: said YouTube, but even YouTube back catalogue doesn't get the same as it does. The new videos, definitely TikTok and Instagram. I don't know but one thing, if you see a podcast series as like a TV series, think of Friends. How many times has that first episode of Friends been seen? So that's obviously that's a massive... Massive show, but the idea is, someone comes across your show, they're like, "I want to start from the beginning," and that's why so many people have a good back catalog, and why it's so much more popular, more so much more effective on podcast
1: platforms than a lot of the video platforms and shorter form content. Hundred percent. And then finally, membership. So I really like this. Everything's on subscription now, right? I've spoken about this. I get meal prep delivered on subscription. Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, Netflix. You can get a Volvo on subscription now, right? (laughs) It's mental. We live in this. Subscription age, and we should all be capitalizing on that. And there's two main benefits from this one, it, you now own your audience, and it means you can reach your audience and you're monetizing them directly. So, very similar to how you said, you know, you don't necessarily need a third party or a middleman, such as a sponsor, because if they're giving you a pound, it's worth at least 120 to them. Well, why don't I just have that whole 120, please? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I'll have all your money.
0: And the thing is, you'll always have a better relationship selling your own thing. Then you will selling a sponsor where someone might have listened to hours and hours and hours of your podcast. So then when the opportunity is to see another episode or to receive like live help from you or something like that, they've already got a big relationship with you in their head. Whereas if it's a sponsor, like, oh, by the way, um, here's a milkshake brand. And it's like, oh, we didn't know anything about that before. So it's, it's very cold. It's like promoting to a cold audience compared to promoting to a warm audience. So milkshakes always- are cold yeah <laughs> this is true um, I feel like this yeah that was, that was awful there's some like hot coffee style drinks which is similar maybe yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> warmed up tequila rose uh, <laughs> that's disgusting but uh, yeah the idea is that that conversion will probably be better if it's something they're aware of or it's you selling it well they're it. already
1: bought into you aren't they so when yeah. I did the episode with G from Patreon um, so I'm just plugging all these old episodes it's, um, she was saying so there's lots of different creators on Patreon but the thing that converts the best are podcasters and the thing that gets people to when they get onto the page and what tier they pick, the thing that gets them to convert the best is bonus podcast content. So people love podcasters and they want more of what they already got. So even then I can get once a week, twice a week for free, you know, give me that extra episode a week for that five or ten or a month, whatever it may be. That's really powerful. And one thing I don't see a lot of people talking about is this being your stepping stone for future products and services. So in the last financial crash 2008 people stopped going out and spending money and instead the things that boomed were netflix at that time and it was at the time love film which is now amazon prime so people go for that lower ticket they're spending less money they're counting their pennies so if you you're a consultant or whatever your product or service may be and your usual fees are you know thousands of pounds per month if i'm cold to you or you know lukewarm i not be I might not be prepared to spend that money but will I spend 10 pounds a month to join your community to get some of your pre-recorded courses to get some of your material exactly and at that point I'm bought in we call it a wallet opener so you know I've got your bank details now so it's very easy so from, we'll take money whenever Yeah, I want. <laughs> it's very easy to charge on the CRM system is little friction and you've now got a taste of what I'll give you for free, the podcast, what I'll give you for low tickets, a bit more value, a bit more access to me. So now you're like, oh, I really trust this guy or person or girl, whatever. And hold on, the fact you've gone, I trust this guy, person or girl. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's so sexist but carry That's-
0: on. <laughs> is it? <laughs> you put a person ahead of girl. You're like, are you a guy? Are you a person
1: or are you a girl? <laughs> I feel like we're treading a fine line. Here. Yeah, maybe <laughs> we should delete that comment. <laughs> but you know, business, I didn't actually mean to say person but business right so um completely messed up my train them, <laughs> yes <but laughs> you ruined it <laughs> uh, but it, it's it's a good stepping stone for people to go oh, okay i kind of get what they are and then at that point you sell them a product service so all the people we work with have got a membership site they use their membership site to upsell people to expensive courses masterminds one-to-one you know consultancies, stuff like that and that's where I see subscription going. It's not just bonus content. Listen, if you're doing, an, yeah, if you're doing an entertainment podcast, then maybe your final step is the membership site, right? You're not doing one-to-one stand-up, right? That'd be really <laughs> fucking weird. <laughs> Come to my house and I'll write jokes for you. Yeah. Um, but for those that do have a product or service, I see membership as a perfect bridge. So they're my five most highly recommended monetization strategies for the vast majority of podcasters. There are more that won't apply to as many people, so do check out that top link in the show notes if you want access to all of those. Yeah, it really
0: depends. Like This is the top five for most, but if you're someone who does a lot of public speaking, then a podcast will probably give you way more public speaking opportunities, for Absolutely. example. That's a really big one, but it's not relevant to everyone. Um, so there are a few more that, for you, might be perfect, so definitely worth downloading the PDF, see what you think of it. Um, but generally, they're the top five we use the most, would
1: you say? 100%.
0: Thank you very much for listening to the Podcasters Podcast. (laughs) Uh, We'll catch you again next time. Make sure to download the PDF and check out the previous episode that we've linked down below in in the show notes. Cheers, guys.